Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, Vicki. Just in case you're wondering, Vicki is a mother in this house, okay? And I say that with all honor and respect. She really is. Um, thank you for sharing. It was very touching. Jesus is amazing. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever, uh, ever had the experience where you were just sitting there uh, smiling because because of God's great love. Like you, you've had your moment where you, you just discovered, wow, God is so amazing. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I heard a story about a guy. It's probably not even true, but um, I heard a story of a guy who was just sitting there smiling, just smiling ear to ear, grinning, so happy. And uh, someone asked him, why are you so happy? And he said, because... I was able to marry this woman. Now, he, he had obviously married up. I mean, we know what marrying up is and all that stuff. And he had obviously married up. And the backstory of this whole relationship that he had with his wife was that um, she had had her husband, her former husband left her for another woman. And she had made this personal commitment. She made this personal commitment that uh, when she marries again, if she marries again, she's going to marry the ugliest man in town. And uh, so, some of you guys might not like that. I think it's funny. I think it's funny, okay? It's, it's supposed to be a joke, okay? So, so two years later, she found this guy, fell in love with him, married him, and this guy is now sitting there grinning ear to ear because uh, he married up and he's in love with one of the prettiest women's, women in the town. And I feel like sometimes we, we tend to forget how good it is uh, and how much love that we've experienced from God, that he would take the ugliest of sinners and love us the way he did. Like, he adopted us into his family. And, and even though we haven't married yet, we, we have uh, been brought up into a relationship that we did not deserve. We did not deserve. God has been so good to us. So I don't know if in your life, if you've ever just sat there and had that moment where you're amazed by God's love for you. I hope that happens in your life if you haven't. I hope you experience God's love at, at a depth that is so real to you um, that it'll blow your mind. Um, Vicki shared her story. I'm going to take a moment and share uh, for the next few moments about my story. Um, in my life, I was the young guy that everyone picked on. Um, on the school bus, they had nicknames for me that were not encouraging. They had, you know... There was people, I was, I was heavy as a kid, um, and that hasn't changed much. But, um, uh, you know, I was picked on. And interestingly enough, when I would come home, I didn't have a father at, my, at home to encourage me. A father at home to reverse those negative effects that were spoken over me. A father at home that would, would uh, speak value and life and hope over me. And, and so those things, the things that were spoken to me really stuck. They really stuck and made me feel invaluable, worthless, um, not wanted. In fact, um, just the story about my father, um, I, I knew him, but I never got to spend time with him. Um, so he really was sort of like an acquaintance. And uh, so he never really spoke into my life. Um, he was never there for me when I needed him. He was never there when, um, you know, significant moments in my life were being celebrated it was just, you know, I'd see him here and there, and he was, 
just another person that I knew. And, but, the, but as I grew up, these, this, these feelings of worthlessness and, and insignificance and, and un, being unloved really had, a, had stuck um, from, from the absence of that father figure in my life. And uh, I didn't really know how bad it was. I mean, I was just, you would look at me, I would be an ordinary kid having fun, spending time with friends, running around the town. You know, we, we would get up in the morning, leave, spend all day out and come back after dark, you know, and there'd be not a worry in the world. Um, things have changed a little bit in that regard. But I would look like a normal kid to you. But as I, as I grew older and older, I began to realize how much I was missing. From that relationship in my life. I began to realize that, you know, I, I didn't know what it was like to, uh, to, to have someone encourage me, if, uh, a father figure encourage me and say, you know what, you matter, you're smart, you're going to make it, um, you know, I'm proud of you. I've ne- I never heard those words. And, and so these things began to take effect. I, I didn't know what it was like to have someone demonstrate for me what it's like to love a woman. So here I, I enter into a relationship with my wife. I didn't have a father figure show me what it looks like to love your wife. I didn't have a father figure to show, there to show me what it looks like to love your children and raise your children. You know, have a healthy balance between um, godly discipline and love and, and you know, compassion and, and all that stuff. That, I, that was very, very foreign to me. And I got saved when I was 19 years old. And, um, you know, fell in love with Jesus and, and began to grow in my faith and, and ended up getting married to this beautiful woman. And um, as life went on, I didn't realize it uh, until a, a period of time later, but um, my perspective of a father was really twisted. It was really twisted. And, and so I, I didn't fully understand what it, would, what it should look like. And then I began to enter into this relationship, this Christian relationship with Father God. And that same twisted perspective of an earthly father was conveyed over to the twisted, a twisted perspective of a heavenly father. I could love Jesus. I could relate to Jesus. I understood the Holy Spirit. But when it came to the father, my perspective of him was that he was very angry with me. And he was waiting to punish me. And he had a list of things that I did wrong because I always did something wrong. That was my perspective. And so I, I, I had a, a, again, twisted but limited view of who God was. But the interesting thing was I was growing in the faith. I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I was, uh, you know, I was serving in the church. And yet I still had this, this perspective of God that was unhealthy. Uh, just a very unhealthy uh, perspective. Uh, but reading my Bible, I would say to you, oh yeah, God is love. I understand that. God is love. You know, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And, and I could tell you everything the Bible said, but it didn't translate into my perspective about the Father. I, I think a lot of us can, can uh, relate to that in some way about God in some way. It may not be the Father part, but we, we, can, we can quote things that are in the Bible, and we, could, we can give uh, our, our view of, and understanding of what the Bible says, but it's not real to us. Does that make sense? And, and that's the way the, the perspective of the Father was to me. Um, so a twisted view, and, and you know, I, was, I became very, very um, addicted 
to approval, people's approval, because that's the way I felt like um, I would receive love by people recognizing me. So I was a very, uh, very hard worker. Every job I ever had in my life, and I could tell you this, uh, unless there's something I'm missing, every job I ever had, I got promoted in. And that's, I just was a hard worker. I wanted to be the best of the best. Uh, You know, I would work hard. And some of them were multiple promotions, um, raises, and all that stuff. Even in the Air Force, uh, you know, I was an honor graduate. I got a below-the-zone promotion. I mean, everything that could have been given to me was because I knew that if I worked hard, that people would recognize me and give me that pat on the back to say, wow, great job, way to go, you did a good job. And that was the affirmation I was longing for. Uh, uh, that I never really had in an earthly sense from a father. There was one day I found myself at a conference. And um, in this conference, this guy's preaching about the father's love. Well, I knew about the father's love. I had read the Bible, you know, the father's love. He's a loving father, this, that, the other. I just never experienced it. So here I am growing in the faith, right? I'm growing in the faith and and still uh, have this guard up, this wall around my heart as it relates to the love of the Father. And this guy begins sharing a passage of Scripture in 1 John chapter 3, which I'll share with you real quick. 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1, it says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That word lavished is a pretty extravagant type of word. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, we, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And I remember hearing that passage uh, preached, and, and this guy had a very compelling story, and, and he shared what he had gone through with his father, and, uh, you know, his father was a very cruel, hard man, and had uh, lofty expectations that this guy could never meet in his life, and I, I remember the story, but I remember when, as I'm sitting there, as this guy transitions to um, the love of the father is not necessarily like the love of our heavenly father. I remember as he transitioned to how different the heavenly father's love is than any earthly father could ever provide. And and I remember how I began to get very emotional at that point in my chair to the point when there was an altar call, I got down to the altar and I became a puddle. Like I was just broken before God. I mean, God was doing something in my heart. It was, it was sort of an operation, if you will, a, a spiritual operation where he was breaking down the walls that had been built up. And he was, he was, he was beginning to affirm me right at that altar. I, was, I became a puddle because I, I sensed God saying stuff to me. Like, you know what? You matter to me. You're important. You're significant. I heard things like, I'm proud of you. And I... I those were words that I longed to hear, and I did everything I could to get from other people, but I had never really heard from God. And I remember at that point uh, uh, being undone. And I'll tell you, I got up from that uh, altar area. There's something about the altar. I don't think people use the altar enough. But I remember getting up from that altar area, 
And I could tell you right now where that spot was. It wasn't in this building. It wasn't this church. I was at a conference. But uh, I was a different person. I had a different perspective. God had opened my eyes to a love that I had never experienced in my life. Oh, I could talk about it. I could quote you scriptures about it. But something happened in my heart that broke me through all that, that mess to the point where God was real and his love was real for me. Uh, uh, it just became real for me. The interesting thing is this love that is lavished, I discovered this, this love that is lavished can't be earned. It's not deserved. It's not something you do to get. It's just, it's richly, lavishly poured out upon God's children. In fact, if you look at that passage again, you don't, uh, you know, when you look, when you're home, do this. But multiple times he says, you are children of God. You're children of God. And, and my love is, in a sense, unlimitedly poured out for you. My fear, my fear is that there's people who, who live their lives at, uh, at the place where they've, they've experienced the sense of the love or they can talk about that love, but they've never really had the breakthrough in their lives that their heart was totally touched by God's love. And this is what I'm convinced of. We can never be the kind of people that God has called us to be unless that love that we we read about throughout the scriptures becomes real to us. We we can give mental assent to it. We could could say, yeah, I know it. I could could tell you scriptures about it. But until we encounter that, there's something, there's a a gap. There's, There's something missing in our lives. God gives us this beautiful picture of that love in Luke chapter 15. Um, it's commonly known as the story of the prodigal, uh, the prodigal son, which where, where the son runs off, he takes the inheritance, he goes and sins. Here's the father just waiting. I mean, what a beautiful picture of the love of the father. He's waiting. He runs to his son when he sees him afar off. He, he puts the best robe, the ring, the, the shoes. He kills the fattened calf. Like that is a picture of our father. In the midst of our mess, he's running to us. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what your experience of God is, what your experience of God's love is, but I tell you, this thing sometimes can get in the way of the real, the real deal, which is, which is what we need for breakthrough. It, 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 sometimes we know so much that we sort of pass it off like, okay, Pastor Jim, when are you going to be done? Because I've heard this. I know about God's love. But is it real? Is it re- this is what I want you to understand. Is it real for you? Because, you know, it's so easy to be so insecure, questioning God's love for us, God's questioning whether God cares, questioning whether God, you know, whether God answers our prayers or hears our prayers. He needs to become real. You know, we can't be a body, a, a body of Christians that, that, um, that go about our lives based upon knowledge only. We've got to experience the Spirit of God. He wants to come in and occupy, come in and possess, come in and fill, come in and heal, come in and break down walls. He wants to come in and transform our lives. And so what I want to share, what I'm sharing with you this morning, this afternoon now, is uh, the fact that there is more. There's so much more 
that we can experience. And, and if we, you know, if we said a prayer and maybe we've been Christians for many years, we think that, you know, I've already, I've already got that. I know God's love. I've, I've already been there and done that. I want to say to you that there's more. There's more that he wants to reveal to you. There's more that he wants to heal in your life. There, there's more that he wants you to experience through his awesome and amazing love. Because it's, it's only through that love that we understand love. See, we love because he first loved us, right? But if we don't really understand that love, it's hard for us to love others. We can't be the kind of people he's called us to be unless we experience the love that he has for us. And so my goal and, and desire today is just to put you on a journey to begin to ask the question, God, is there more? Is there more that maybe I've, I've been content and become content? Is there more that maybe I can experience in my heart? Is there, is there more transformation possible for me? Is there more healing possible for me? Is there, is there more affirmation that I need from you to take away the scars of my past? Is there, is there, more, is there, is there more things that you need to do to break down the walls that I've put up around my life to guard myself from the deficiencies that are in my life today. I want to put you on a journey. I want to put you on a journey um, because I believe when you, when you willingly go on this journey, you're going to encounter the kind of love I'm talking about. And I, I'm, I, I'm not here saying that I've arrived. I haven't. I'm far from it. I only scratch the surface, but I know there's more. I, I want this church to be a church filled with people that understand the more of God, that there is more to experience. There's more to encounter. There's more to believe for. And I believe, you know, whether, whether you're a person that is, you know, a, an approval addict or, or you like go at things hard because you know that, you know, if I read, read, read and pray, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Well, God, God lavished his love on me despite the mess that I was. Like, it wasn't something that I did to get him to do that. It was my heart being open that just encountered that. And I think sometimes we think that there's a formula, there's, there's, we've got to push, 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 when really many times he just wants us to receive, 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 to be children of God. We're going to go on a journey over the next few weeks um, to go after this thing, to begin to realize what he's really done and who we really are. I, I, believe, I believe that in, in the hearts of people in this room even today, that there's deficiencies because of what you've gone through that God wants to begin to deal with. I would encourage you to, to open your, your spiritual ears and begin to ask the question, God, is there something that you want to do in my life? Is there something missing? Is there something absent? Is there something deficient that you want to take care of, that you want to heal, that you want to demolish as far as walls go? Is there something in my life that you, you want to, to release so that I could be who you've called me to be? I think the greatest enemy of this kind of revelation and discovery in our lives is the fact that we've become content. Is the fact that we've settled and says, you know, I, I go to church, I do my thing, you know, I'm a good Christian, I serve here. And serve. I was all that. I was all that. I did all that stuff. But the reality is God hadn't penetrated my life to bring the healing I needed. And I believe that he wants to do that in our lives. I believe that it doesn't matter who you are, there's an area in your life that God wants to touch. I believe that there's an area in your heart that God wants to occupy that perhaps he's been shut out or stiff-armed out of um, up to this point. 
And I would just ask you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in just a moment. We're going to close the service. But what if, what if we all began to get healed by the awesome presence and love of God? What if we became, started to become whole? What if, I mean, we wouldn't be insecure toward each other, insecure in our homes, insecure in the workplace. We'd be confident because of what God has done. We, we, it'd be amazing when, when we receive the healing. It could, have been, it could have been stuff that people have done to us. It could have been uh, things that we, we, just, we just never knew. Or it could have been because we've just settled where we're at. But in reality, I believe that God's got a lot of work to do in every person's life in this room, including mine. He's not done. He's got more to do. And so um, I want to invite you to be here every week. We're going to go on this journey to discover who we really are. And, and we're going to be asking God, even, even during the week, ask God, God, show me. Do something in my heart. If there's anything that you need to do, would you do it? For me, I got up in, in an instant um, from, from a broken, hurting, wounded person because of my past to someone who was healed and someone who was made new. Has it been perfect since? No. Because I discovered that that love is something I need to continually encounter. I've discovered that that's love. It's not something that I could say, well, back in 1999, you know, I had an encounter with God's love and everything's okay. Well, that's good for then, but what about now? And so we need to be the kind of people that are on a journey to encounter God, God's love, and, and allow him to do what he's got to do in our hearts. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Um, again, over the next several weeks, if you want to get ready, prepare your heart, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Ask God to give you revelation. Meditate on that. Ask God to show you what he's saying in that passage. Um, but I believe that he's going to do some great stuff in our heart. But right now, I believe right now, there's an opportunity to open the doors of our hearts. There's an opportunity for God to come in and do what he does best. There's a holy moment. God, would you begin to work? God, would you begin to speak and touch lives, God? God, we're desperate. We're desperate without you. We're desperate for you. And God, I want to lift up each and every person here, Lord. Lord, maybe they've come in in a great place, Lord, close to you, connected to you. Continue to work deep, deep, deep in their hearts, God. Maybe they've come in broken. Lord, maybe some stuff's been buried for a long time. They've just learned to cope. Lord, I pray that you begin to do heart surgery, divine heart surgery. You begin to show us, Lord God, your great love, that we would encounter your great love. Lord, throughout this week, I pray, Lord, for visitation, Lord. I pray, Lord, as we spend time with you, Lord, that you'll begin to show us and speak to us. And, Lord, in your gentle, loving, fatherly way, begin to draw us closer and closer to you. Open our eyes to see you in new ways, to experience your love, to be healed. Lord, we say heal us, God.
heal us, Lord. Bring healing, God. Lord, I just want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for what you're going to do. And Lord, touch people now. Minister to your people now. Minister, Lord. Lord, you're the God of all comfort. You're our healer. Come, Lord. Come and move. We thank you. We thank you, Father. And so, Lord, I just bless your people today, God. Lord, put them on a journey to seek you, to not settle, and to find you. And we give you praise right now. I bless them. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.